Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on QR Calgary and More Than Money. Um, and Faisal, housing has become a problem nationally. It's, we hear a lot about this right now. Rents have gone higher. Of course, people are being affected by uh, higher mortgage interest costs and so on and so forth. And there is an impact it's having on the seniors community as well. What, what gets a lot of attention in the media is people not being able to afford to buy a home. What sometimes gets missed in that in that narrative is people who are in a home and because of rising costs of everything, including mortgage and interest rates and so forth, um, people staying in their home is a problem. And then yeah. if you're if you're a senior in this country and you're on a fixed income right. or you're in a low fixed income, that becomes even a bigger problem. And this is why we wanted to chat about this, because there's an opportunity for those to understand what's really happening yep. with this demographic and possibly how you can help. Okay, so uh, since we're not the experts in that area necessarily, we do know somebody who can help and does help a lot of seniors in the Calgary community. Uh, we've got Larry Matheson joining us, CEO of Unison for Generations 50+. plus. Larry, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Glad, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, maybe let's, uh, we've given you a bit of a setup there. Uh, maybe we could just start with uh, with your thoughts in terms of um, uh, the, the affordable housing issue with respect to uh, the seniors you work with and some of the impacts that you're seeing. Well, I, I think this is a daily issue for us in, in our center, uh, the seniors and the members that we work with. Uh, today, there's 80, 81,000 Calgary families need affordable housing, and that number is expected to go up by uh, 2026 to about 100,000 families needing some type of affordable housing. And, and we, uh, we see it in seniors. Many seniors are on very fixed incomes. They may be living on retirement uh, plans that uh, they're now wondering if, if that's going to take them as far as they need it to go. Uh, so we're seeing that stretched in all sorts of ways. Some of our seniors who are on mortgages, mortgage rates have gone up. Uh, but also housing that's uh, a lot of seniors residents are paid uh, month by month if you're staying in a lodge or, or some other kind of accommodation. And the prices of those units have all gone up as well. So housing prices, regardless if it's in your own home, in a lodging situation, uh, and everything else has gone up and it affects people who are literally on a fixed income. That's right. Now, if you have a mass amount of wealth, and you can draw on your capital to sustain that increase over the short term. But if you're on a fixed income, let's say you're only on Canadian pension plan, old age security, or you're on very little savings of yourself, that's where the, the disadvantage comes into play uh, because you've got, you've got a limited amount of resources to weather the storm of, of inflation. Yeah. And that's where you know groups like Unison comes into play. Larry and his team have done some great work. We've been part of it. Yeah. We've gone to their events as well, and we've seen that now. What are some of the services, Larry, that, that Unison is offering for individuals in these types of issues? Well, we, we provide uh, a lot of basic needs type support. So we have free food markets and hamper delivery. Um, price of food uh, and inflation in general has been a, a, a strong factor for our, our, our users. So we've, we've ramped up those services over the last couple of years. We also help with the housing crunch. And so we, we hear every day seniors saying, my rent has gone up so much. I have to get into an affordable seniors housing. Well, most of those units have a six to eight month waiting list. And so 
there's, there becomes a crisis. And so our team at the, at the front uh, of the center will actually help uh, seniors make multiple uh, submissions to multiple providers. So, so increasing their chances of getting in sooner and, and getting that affordable accommodation. Before we dig into the specifics here, um, I, I think we're familiar with Eunice, and I'm not sure I'm not sure everybody's familiar with Eunice. And Larry, would you maybe just give us uh, give us a, a minute, of, a little bit about Unison uh, on a broader perspective and the work that you guys are doing? For sure. Uh, in Calgary, uh, we run the Kirby Center, and in Medicine Hat, we run the Viner Center and Meals on Wheels. And so we're kind of a full spectrum seniors organization. So we provide everything from somebody who wants to take a Mandarin course or, or Spanish or fitness courses, but we provide a lot of basic needs supports for seniors who may be on that fixed income and they may be struggling. And so we run a shelter for seniors. Uh, we run food rescue programs and, and the like, and, and we help seniors get set up on benefits, whatever government benefits they may need or, or be eligible for. Now, Larry, I think that's a key point for those maneuvering the system in this country can be daunting, challenging, yeah. uh, can, and people will sometimes get frustrated and just not do it uh, for, for whatever reason. And we, we were fortunate enough over the summer to get together and go through a presentation that you had about how uh, a, a specific story where individuals have gotten help uh, filling out these types of benefit programs and the documentation able to uh, to gather that. So I think there's a big piece of that, of the services that Unison provides. There's an opportunity for many Canadians, in uh, especially in this province, to help Unison help others. Because I think there's right. a gap out there, yep. um, and, and Unison is trying to fill that gap as much as possible. So there are multiple ways that they can get in touch with you. Uh, and, and, and and help and support. What are the multiple ways that if, if individuals want to support this process, this program, how do they actually uh, support and what ways can they do that? Well, they, they can definitely connect with us uh, on, online on our website or, or our digital platforms. Uh, they can come to the center, they can call, but uh, we, we deploy in Calgary alone well over 600 volunteers that help us run the programs that that uh, we run for seniors. And, and of course, around this season, um, cash donations are always what we need to kind of turn that into support for seniors as well. I think, and Larry, every, and, and people, if they're making a cash donation, will get a charitable receipt and all of the, you know, all of the required uh, documentation. I think it's important they know that. Yeah, and I think it's important to know that this is a very interesting year for those who are, in the very high income earning areas that they, they may be subject to higher taxes next year. So you might want to get um, your donations in this year. And this is one group, if you have that, that draw to help those seniors, I say are being, you know, stuck between a rock right. and a hard place. Right. Here's an opportunity. Um, of course, cash donations, of course, in-kind donations. Um, are, are, are we still looking for volunteers? There was a point in time where, not, where charitable uh, organizations were looking for more and more manpower, women's power to help out there. How do, how do, you, do you, are you still looking for volunteers as well? We, we are. Uh, all of our uh, social enterprises that we use to raise money to, to operate programs rely on volunteers. Uh, we have had an increased demand, like I said, for a lot of our basic needs support. And, and we need actually a lot of volunteers to make those programs work. 
so so definitely uh, your time and and uh, your your time treasure and talent I guess okay that's Wonderful. the best way to say it Larry thanks very much we're gonna we're gonna leave it there we appreciate you taking the time to share the story with us and you know I think highlight that there are some vulnerable seniors being affected by this particular environment that we're in and 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 they need uh they need your help and the work that your team is doing thank you for your time thanks you guys good to see you I've been joined by larry matheson ceo of unison for generations 50 plus if anybody wants to get connected with unison yep. wants to make a donation to unison wants to reach out and volunteer uh, go to their website or reach out to us and we'll connect yeah. you uh, with them as well. Uh, our website, morethanmoneyradio.com. Rents have gone higher. Of course, people are being affected by uh, higher mortgage interest costs and so on and so forth. And there is an impact it's having on the seniors community as well. What what gets a lot of attention in the media is people not being able to afford to buy a home. Right. What sometimes gets missed in that in that narrative is people who are in a home and because of rising costs of everything, including mortgage and interest rates and so forth, um, people staying in their home is a problem. And then yeah. if you're if you're a senior in this country and you're on a fixed income right. or you're in a low fixed income, that becomes even a bigger problem. And this is why we wanted to chat about this because there's an opportunity for those to understand what's really happening yeah. with this demographic and possibly how you can help. Okay. so. Uh, since we're not the experts in that area necessarily, we do know somebody who can help and does help a lot of seniors in the Calgary community. Uh, we've got Larry Matheson joining us, CEO of Unison for Generations 50 Plus. Larry, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Glad, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, maybe let's, uh, we've given you a bit of a setup there. Uh, maybe we could just start with uh, with your thoughts in terms of um, uh, the, the affordable housing issue with respect to uh, the seniors you work with and some of the impacts that you're seeing. Well, I, I think this is a daily issue for us in, in our center, uh, the seniors and the members that we work with. Uh, today, there's 80, 81,000 Calgary families need affordable housing, and that number is expected to go up by uh, 2026 to about 100,000 families needing some type of affordable housing. And and we, uh, we see it in seniors. Many seniors are on very fixed incomes. They may be living on retirement uh, plans that uh, they're now wondering if, if that's going to take them as far as they need it to go. Uh, so we're seeing that stretched in all sorts of ways. Some of our seniors who are on mortgages, mortgage rates have gone up, uh, but also housing. That's uh, A lot of seniors' residents are paid uh, month by month if you're staying in a lodge or, or some other kind of accommodation. And the prices of those units have all gone up as well. So housing prices, regardless if it's in your own home, in a lodging situation, uh, and everything else has gone up and it affects people who are literally on a fixed income. That's right. Now, if you have a mass amount of wealth and you can draw on your capital to sustain that increase over the short term, but if you're on a fixed income, let's say you're only on Canadian pension plan, old age security, or you're on very little savings of yourself, that's where the, the disadvantage comes into play uh, because you've got, you've got a limited amount of resources to weather the storm of, of inflation. Yeah. And that's where, you know, groups like Unison comes into play. Larry and his team have done some great work. We've been part of it. Yeah. We've gone to their events as well, and we've seen that now. What are some of the services, Larry, that, that Unison is offering for individuals in these types of issues? 
Well, we, we provide uh, a lot of basic needs type support. So we have free food markets and hamper delivery. Um, price of food uh, and inflation in general has been a, a, a strong factor for our, our, our users. So we've, we've ramped up those services over the last couple of years. We also help with the housing crunch. And so we, we hear every day seniors saying, my rent has gone up so much. I have to get into an affordable seniors housing. Well, most of those units have a six to eight months waiting list. And so there's, there becomes a crisis. And so our team at the, at the front uh, of the center will actually help uh, seniors make multiple uh, submissions to multiple providers. So, so increasing their chances of getting in sooner and, and getting that affordable accommodation. Before we dig into the specifics here, um, I, I think we're familiar with Unison. I'm not sure. I'm not sure everybody's familiar with Unison. Larry, would you maybe just give us uh, give us a, a minute, of, a little bit about Unison uh, on a broader perspective and the work that you guys are doing? For sure. Uh, in Calgary, uh, we run the Kirby Center, and in Medicine Hat, we run the Viner Center and Meals on Wheels. And so we're kind of a full spectrum seniors organization. So we provide everything from somebody who wants to take a Mandarin course or, or Spanish or fitness courses, but we provide a lot of basic needs supports for seniors who may be on that fixed income and they may be struggling. And so we run a shelter for seniors. Uh, we run food rescue programs and, and the like, and, and we help seniors get set up on benefits, whatever government benefits they may need or, or be eligible for. Now, Larry, I think that's a key point for those maneuvering the system in this country can be daunting, challenging, yeah. uh, can, and people will sometimes get frustrated and just not do it uh, for, for whatever reason. And we, we were fortunate enough over the summer to get together and go through a presentation that you had about how uh, a, a specific story where individuals have gotten help uh, filling out these types of benefit programs and the documentation able to uh, to gather that. So I think there's a big piece of that, of the services that Unison provides. There's an opportunity for many Canadians, in uh, especially in this province, to help Unison help others. Because I think there's right. a gap out there, yep. um, and, and Unison is trying to fill that gap as much as possible. So there are multiple ways that they can get in touch with you, uh, and, and, and help and support. What are the multiple ways that if, if individuals want to support this process, this program, how do they actually uh, support and what ways can they do that? Well, they, they can definitely connect with us uh, on, online on our website or, or our digital platforms. Uh, they can come to the center, they can call, but uh, we, we deploy in Calgary alone well over 600 volunteers that help us run the programs that that uh, we run for seniors. And, and of course, around this season, um, cash donations are always what we need to kind of turn that into support for seniors as well. I think and Larry, every, and, and people, if they're making a cash donation, will get a charitable receipt and all of the, you know, all of the required uh, documentation. I think it's important they know that. Yeah, and I think it's important to know that this is a very interesting year for those who are in the very high income earning areas that they, they may be subject to higher taxes next year. So you might want to get um, your donations in this year. And this is one group, if you have that, that draw to help those seniors, I say are being 
you know, stuck between a rock right. and a hard place. Right. Here's an opportunity. Um, of course, cash donations, of course, in-kind donations. Um, are, are, are we still looking for volunteers? There was a point in time where, non, where charitable uh, organizations were looking for more and more manpower, women's power to help out there. How do you, how do you, do you st- are you still looking for volunteers as well? We, we are. Uh, all of our uh, social enterprises that we use to raise money to, to operate programs rely on volunteers. Uh, we have had an increased demand, like I said, for a lot of our basic needs support. And, and we need actually a lot of volunteers to make those programs work. So, so definitely uh, your time and, and uh, your, your time, treasure and talent, I guess. Okay, that's Wonderful. the best way to say it. Larry, thanks very much. We're going we're gonna to leave it there. We appreciate you taking the time to share the story with us. And, you know, I think highlight that there are some vulnerable seniors being affected by this particular environment that we're in, and, and, and they, need, uh, they need your help and the work that your team is doing. Thank you for your time. Thanks, you guys. Good to see you. Um, housing, um, a person's house, is it an investment? Is it, a real, is it a, an asset for retirement? Do you age in place and what's the cost? Do you keep it? There's, there's a lot of complexity around a house that people don't necessarily think about. And when people get to a certain age and in, in, in they look at their property that they're living in, they start to think about, will this be my forever home? Right. Will I be able to stay in this home for the rest of my life knowing that I'm not going to be in the same physical capabilities as I am today? Right. At, at whatever age that is, yep. that could that could be at any age. Yes. But that's when people start thinking. And then at some point in the future from that point, they start to say, maybe we should got to make some adjustments to our home, either retrofitting or maybe move or downsize or whatever it may be. And so it becomes a bigger piece of the, the puzzle uh, when you start to look at different options that are in front of you. And sometimes, I think most times, you might need some help with a specialist uh, when it comes to those types of issues. Yeah. Amanda Koo is joining us uh, today, Seniors Real Estate Specialist with CIR Realty. Amanda, first of all, thanks for joining us on the show, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me as well. It's a great pleasure to chat about this, for sure. So let's talk about this notion of downsizing, because in our business, Faisal, you and I, we often hear people talk about downsizing, and that term is often used... I think synonymously with reducing the value of the home, take extracting capital out of the home, Correct. right? Um, my my reality when, when I talk to people and see this happen is that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. So when we start off with a with a retirement plan, we try to forecast what's going to happen in the future, and and many times clients of ours will say, "Oh, I'm going to downsize, so I'll use some of the equity to to live my lifestyle." as I go into the yeah. later years of my, my retirement. Okay, that makes, that makes sense. Then they go down that, that journey, and it's time to make that decision on I want to sell. So I, they normally hit a fork in the road. Right. And one avenue is I don't want to sell. I love where I live. Number two is I want to downsize in literal square footage, but that may not mean price. lower price. Right. Or number three... They're going to go all the way to like, I'm going to a condo and that's it. Like right. I'm, I'm done. Right. Like there's, it's hard, especially in urban cities like ours, to downsize and take equity and put it in your, in your pocket. But if you're not giving up location, mm-hmm. amenities, or you're going further out into the city, 
out of the out of the core of the city. So very interesting what happened. So Amanda, when we when we get to this this point, they start to call you up and say, Amanda, I'm I'm interested to looking at my options that are out there. I use use my terminology. They're at a fork in the road. Yeah. Um, what's the steps that they normally go through in your experience when they're trying to decide? Right size, downsize, get the hell out of Calgary, whatever yeah. it may be, right? Yeah, it honestly depends. There's a lot of factors into that, like physical, emotional, lifestyle change, and health reasons, right? It's not just an easy thing to say, hey, look, we're just going to sell our property just because, and it's such a big conversation for a lot of people. So that those kind of factors really come down to play. So Sometimes people don't really know. And so, for instance, we're coaching through somebody right now and we have some resources to lean on to say, do you want to go into a senior's residence? Do you want to move out of the city? Are you going to be snowbirds? Like all of those kind of things, because downsizing, yes, it definitely does mean potentially a smaller mortgage or no mortgage, less taxes, less utilities, less upkeep, fewer stairs. And um, like, you know, less cleaning for sure and less yard maintenance. That can be a big factor where if mobility is an issue, do you want to be moving to a condo and, and things like that? So those are the, definitely the conversations we have and kind of having a really detailed questionnaire to go through, you know, what is your next kind of steps looking like? And so that's kind of the long story short about what happens to the largest assets until they really um, figure out what they may want to do in the future. Um, the, the assets, you know, people will really figure that out once they start having that next steps kind of conversation. Right? So Amanda, let's go back over the last 12, 18 months of experience. So we're going to go for some anecdotal evidence here in mm -hmm. the last 12 to 18 months with all of your clients that you've dealt with, that you've, that you've assisted, how many of them are actually literally downsizing where they're taking equity out and putting it in their pocket and mm -hmm. on average versus how many are, downsizing by square footage but not by price yeah and so many of my seniors are downsizing their portfolios as well so they're saying oh hey i don't need this condo anymore i've had it rented for so long maybe i don't want to be a landlord lord anymore let's get rid of it condo markets have increased in value this is the first time we've kind of seen the market really appreciate in the condo market that people are seeing that recovery and so the same kind of thing where that could be a part of that conversation the other side is definitely the the downsizing aspect where if they're moving from a two-story house and they're moving into a bungalow or even a condo i've seen a lot of builders in newer communities um, that have like bungalow style villas and they're they're often townhouse style as well so then you have less stairs you have the walkability you still have your independence and all those kind of things so definitely there's so many options out there if i had to put a percentage i would say it's about 30 to 40 people are definitely thinking about it right now i'm just not sure if they're ready to you know they're getting their facts they're getting their information and they're planning and preparing and that's probably the long story short of that right there's a lot of planning and preparing going into yep. it and, and one thing we talk about to our clients is right sizing inside your home mm -hmm. or retrofitting your home yeah. so there's and, and this is something that Dave and I debate about on, on intrinsic value of a real estate property. There are individuals out there who will start to retrofit their home. Let me give you some examples. They'll adjust the kitchen to make it more suitable as they age. Uh, they might put a lift in the, in, in the stairwell, so on and so forth. And as you start to do these different retrofittings in your home, 
do you diminish the value of that home because now you are starting to have less people interested that would buy this property as move-in ready because it's a smaller amount of people or it's not a big deal. It's just going to end up, you know, it's about the same no matter what. Yeah, to me, it's not a big deal because a lot of people, if they have that kind of, let's say they have a lift from the garage to their first level of their home, if they put those things in, a lot of these companies are actually allowing for like a free return. Like, let's say that if you wanted to sell it and you wanted to get rid of those kind of things in the house because it's no longer a purpose, right? Like then there's a lot of people that will just say, hey, you know, I, I work for that co-op, you know, health care. Um, company, they're like, we'll, we'll come in, we'll bring our people, you might lose a little bit of value, but you know, we can restore it. But nine times out of 10, most homers just leave it. They're just like, you know what, maybe I'll serve a purpose for somebody else in, in the future. And it might be a huge selling factor, especially with our transition for seniors and other people. Like I, I read a statistic, you know, 2050, there would be more seniors than people aged under 15. And so looking at those kind of things where that actually might be a huge selling piece because knowing that equipment can be $10,000, it could be $15,000. So, you know, and, and if it, it just doesn't make sense to really need to remove it if the house is already um, retrofitted for the purposes of um, extra uh, handicapable kind of. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Amanda. Sorry, we do have to go to break now. Thank you so much. Uh, we definitely want to get, come bring you back and have more conversation about this. It's a very interesting topic, and a lot of people are talking about it. There's been a lot of confusion. There's a lot of fear out there. We've been two years of crazy markets, lots of volatility again this year, stocks and bonds both falling last year. Like There's lots for people to worry about, geopolitical risks, so on and so forth. Um, and people get emotional about that. And, and I don't, I don't mean emotional in the typical sense, but it has an impact over time where people get scared and it leads to emotional decision-making versus fact-based decision-making. Um, and in the, you know, in your investment portfolio and uh, strategies that you employ, that can be very detrimental if you fall subject to emotional decision-making. And we've had a lot of conversations with people. Uh, well, we have lots all the time, but people think it's different this time. They're feeling it differently. Yeah. And, and we did a we did a, a session with our clients on uh, what we call the PKAG community. And part of this was to kind of give them information, education, not only about the facts that are out there, yeah. but how do we deal with those circumstances and the facts right. to, to, uh, to have a a growth strategy in your retirement, to have income in your retirement. I think we need to lay out, a, we picked out three of them because yeah. these are the ones that we're hearing the most from the general public. So we thought, let's educate and inform okay. uh, the general public about the myth, the reality. Right. And then how, how do we as portfolio managers do it a little bit different yeah. so the experiences of what the markets are saying, they're not experiencing on the negative side as much. Okay, so let's start with the myth. Okay, the expectation of a stock market correction justifies staying on the sidelines. We've seen a correction happen last year. There's been a bit of a correction in the summer of this year. Mm -hmm. um, let's stay on the sidelines. Let's not invest. I've got money on the sidelines right now. I don't want to invest. I'm going to wait for the next correction to come. Right. Either or, you're basically reacting to a quote-unquote correction. Okay, so let's, let's just stick with this notion of correction. Um, I'm going to share just a couple of stats with you. Let's just talk maybe about the uh, the TSX. So 94% of the 
of, uh, of the time, since 1971, okay. you'll have a market correct by 5%, almost okay. every year. How about 10%? 59% of the time. Okay. Almost 6 out of 10 markets will correct at least 10% in the year. And how about we go down to 15%, 44% of the time? You're going to have a correction. So corrections happen all the time, number one. Okay? The depth, we don't know. Right? And we'll maybe talk about market timing later if we have a chance because this is, this how is, do you know if it's a correction of 5, 10, correct. or 15? So this is what the facts are about the S&P 500 or the TSX yeah. or any major index. The facts are out there that corrections happen. happen. And the frequency is probably higher than you thought it ever happens. Correct. Okay. So that, that's, the, that's the fact. Yep. Here is what needs to be addressed. When you're managing a portfolio for your clients that are transitioning to or living in retirement, and I'm being very specific with this demographic okay. uh, or point in a person's life, you cannot expe expect or want to experience, even though it happens, 44% of the time, a 15% drop in your portfolio right. can have big problems long-term because of one key piece. Right. You're drawing on your savings to live your lifestyle. Right. And if you draw on your savings at the time of a 15% correction, depending on how much you're drawing, yes. can have substantial impacts, not immediately, we're talking 10, 15 years down the road. Right. And the concept or the biggest fear that Canadians have is running out of money. One of the ways to make running out of the money a reality is dip into your capital, your money, when the markets are down by 15%. Right. So managing a portfolio to mitigate or minimize that volatility is very important. That's the approach of five pillars. Yep. So you don't experience that. And more importantly segmenting, we call it asset dedication, put money aside that's not invested in the stock market so you don't get that kind of volatility of the stock market where you've got the next three, five, ten years worth of cash so it doesn't impact. Asset dedication, which is the structure, the investment approach to avoid or minimize that type of volatility so you don't see 15% drops. That's the discipline. That's discipline yeah. Structure, discipline is the approach that needs to be taken when you're transitioning or living in retirement. Because you will face corrections. Okay. okay. Let's go to um, the one that uh, I think we're going to be talking a lot about uh, coming up over the next few quarters. And this is, should investors fear recession? Okay. Now, let me give you the myth. <laughs> okay. All right. So, investors should be... Uh, Fearful of recessions because they entail heavy financial losses. Okay. Uh, I, I really <laughs> like this part because it, it goes against what our intuition yep. says. You bet. You're every instinct. Every instinct says, if it's bad out there, yep. stay away. Correct. Totally understand that. Yep. But totally opposite. <laughs> <laughs> totally understand it. Right. But totally well, opposite. Okay. Support. Let yeah. me give you some some recent examples. There was a recession during the pandemic from March uh, from February 2020 to March 2020. Mm -hmm. If I look at the 12 months before that recession and 12 months after, all of that period included. Okay. Now keep in mind this: we're talking about a balanced portfolio's performance. Correct. Here, okay? An average yeah. balanced yeah. portfolio, not all stocks right. or not all bonds. Yeah. A balanced portfolio. That that portfolio, on average, full period. 12 months before recession, 12 months after, positive 
let's go to the stock market uh, hit in the uh, tech wreck okay. in the in the 2000 2001 era okay from before the recession of march 2001 to 12 months after the recession of october 2001 you would have been down 14% right and that's that's the worst case scenario since 1973 that's the worst case scenario let's go back to the 1980s okay a lot of Albertans yeah. remember the 1980s for more than just High the market. interest rates, mortgages crazy. And yeah. not just the, uh, the the crisis of oil, but yeah. more than that. 12 months prior to January 1980 and 12 months after June 1980, which was the recession, 31% positive. Mm -hmm. So recessions are really good times to be investing. Generally speaking, you're not going to win on all of them if you have a balanced portfolio. Right. So how you manage the portfolio, again, is not just buy, hold, and hope it works out. It's the active approach in the portfolio that minimizes these drops, the negative 14% that I was talking about. It minimizes those swings during, during economic issues like a recession. Yeah, and it's also important, and I'll just finish that one. Remember, it's a cycle, right? This is the thing. People think of specific points in time but there's a cycle, right? There's leading up to, there's going through, and then there's recovering from. And if people start to think in cycles, I think they can avoid some of the emotional decision-making that can lead to long-term damage. Absolutely. Okay. The risk of market timing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Many Canadians, let me say it differently, many investors don't know that if you invest in, let's say, over a long period of time, yes. but you try to time the market, and you miss certain number of days, it can decimate your returns. Mm -hmm. So give us the facts behind this when it comes to, let's take the TSX. Okay. okay. So, so the, I'm going I'm to state the myth a little bit differently for you. The myth is that I can avoid catastrophic um, loss of capital by trying to time the market, i.e. a recession is coming, I go to cash. Okay. These kinds of things. Correct. Okay. So th this is really interesting. Um, so this was data that we looked at from January of 2002 yep. to September of 2023. So fairly recent to the ending point, almost 21 years of data, plus 21 plus years of data. Over 7,600 days, okay? Okay. 7,600 days. If you invested that whole time, Dave, right. what, on the, in the TSX, yes. your rate of return would be what? Fully invested. Fully the whole invested 7.3%. So you went on January 2002, you went to the moon. Yep. Came back September 2023, yep. you would have averaged 7.3% right. uh, per year. Now, let's let's make it uh, interesting. Remember, over 7,600 days in there. If you took out the top 10 trading days of this more than 7,600 days, okay. what happens to your return? Your return drops from 7.3 on average down to 3.7. Your return gets cut in half. Half. Okay. Let's take out the top 30 days of 7,600, what happens? You're down to zero. You've taken it all away. So you better be very precise in your timing if you, you, you expect. You cannot have an error. No, you can't have an so error. So it's being fully invested, but it's being tactical with the approach. Yeah. And we're going to talk about this at our upcoming seminar as okay. well on Tuesday, January 23rd, 7 p.m. at the Country Hills Golf Club. You do need to register for this, so go to morethanmoneyradio.com.
Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on QR uh, Calgary. We look forward to chatting with you next week. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.